0: Welcome from the banks of the Rappahannock River on the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I am Kendall Quinn, and this is The Daily Thistle for Wednesday, April 19th, 2023. So yesterday I had the chance to sit down with Bishop Stephenson, who is the Bishop of the Virginia Episcopal Church. He came for a visit on campus to learn more about St. Margaret's and talk with our students about the sisterhood he graciously decided to spend some time answering my questions about having religious life as a priority in an educational environment and how our religious lives as generation z can be challenged by social media i had such a great time conversing with bishop Stephenson today so i hope you guys enjoy this episode i always start off my podcasts with a fun question okay so my opening question is if you had a song for like the credits of your life movie what would it be
1: oh oh man uh, <laughs> a song for the credits of my life movie um mm-hmm. uh, hmm. oh man <laughs> so any number of things come to mind but i gotta remember my audience so i <laughs> uh i did it my way
0: oh I yeah that. yeah
1: but and I'd want, I'd, i would want frank sinatra's version of it
0: oh okay that's, good. That's, a good, that's a good one um so today i'm gonna talk about your role as the chef but also how we can work on connecting students with religion in the age of technology. That's okay. kind of what I'm focusing on today. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you could just start out by beginning, explaining your role as bishop and how you chose this path and kind of describe what a typical day looks like for you.
1: Oh, man. We got, how long we have for this? we got three or four hours? <laughs>
0: yeah. right.
1: So um, I have been ordained in the Episcopal Church for about 23 years, a little over that, mm-hmm. and have done a lot of different things in the church. I was a parish priest for a, a a while, and I worked on a staff of a bishop in Louisiana for a number of years, and then for the past 10 years or so, I worked on the national church staff, and I worked for the presiding bishop of the Episcopal Church, Michael Curry, you know, the guy that preached at the royal wedding Mm -hmm. a a few years ago, Uh, and so I did that. And part of my responsibilities when I was on uh, the presiding bishop's staff was to work with dioceses like Virginia that uh, were in the process of electing new bishops. And so in the course of that work, I became aware of the discernment process here that was that led to the election of a new bishop. Mm-hmm. And through some prayer and some conversation with folks, um, I entered that election and uh, went through a, a long process of, uh, of questions <laughs> and interviews. And, in fact, we did some. We were actually here on this campus oh uh, for a day. Uh, that was about a year ago, I want to think that was, that we were here and. Spent uh, several hours. Uh, of course, I'm enjoying this visit much more so than that person. That person was really nervous. <laughs> right. uh, not that you don't make me nervous, Kendall, because you do make me a little nervous. Oh, gosh. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, but so um, I'm, I'm now, I was elected bishop uh, in uh, December. No, June. June. It was uh, consecrated in December. I was elected in June. I got to keep all these dates right. But I've been bishop since December. There are about 178 congregations in the Diocese of Virginia, all mm-hmm. across Northern Virginia, basically between the James River and the Potomac River. And uh, about 65,000, 66,000 Episcopalians. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And uh, about 500 priests and deacons that wow. all do the stuff. And uh, my, my work is to, uh, to pray for them and pray with them and to help them do the ministry that God has called them to do, to, to uh um, do what I think is really important work. Uh, Every day for me is different. Uh, Some days I spend all day long talking to lawyers Uh and some days like this are great days I get to spend all day talking to students and a little bit in between.
0: Um, So why do you think it's important for those of my generation to attend a school with religious life as a priority like St. Margaret's?
1: All right. So let me start first by saying that a good education is so foundational to everything else that happens in life. Yeah. So, uh, just starting with the fact of having a good school, and everything here is just so impress has so impressed me oh, uh, that you're <laughs> you're getting um, all the fundamentals uh, that that you'll need for, as building blocks for the rest of your life. Yeah. Uh, that you, you can't you cannot replicate that if you get past it. You've got to be able to start with that, and then you add in that religious element to it, the foundational. Um, is uh, is so important. I, one of the things that's great about here is that we were just chatting with some other students uh, that you know, not everyone here is Christian, mm-hmm. uh, and at the same time, everybody comes together and brings their own faith background and share and they can share that and struggle with it and have questions about it. Uh, I was telling them that how important I think it is to be able to ask questions, particular about your faith, mm-hmm. and so here in a school setting where you're learning math and science and uh, art to also be able to put into that that normal mix of learning to be able to struggle with and learn about your faith and to learn about God uh, is I can't see any any downside to that and I see right. all kinds <laughs> of upsides to it
0: yeah, we ju- actually just had like this international festival, which was kind of cool, mm-hmm. where like we all attended and got to learn from our international students, and they shared like parts of their religion. And like every Monday and Friday, obviously they get to know more about our religion, but it was cool to like flip the sides and right. get to know more about theirs. which was fun. Right. Um, so how do you think my generation's religious priorities and religious life are affected by the use of social media or just the phone in general?
1: Right. So I am real excited about the, the way that technology is opening doors to all people. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in, in the real dark times of the pandemic, and we were all very isolated. I can remember people saying, in, in addition to just really struggling with being isolated, people saying, "Well, this is going to change how we relate to each other, and that we're uh, we're never going to go back together in big groups. We've, right. We're going to be too fearful of that, or, or we just learn different ways." And and I always really believe that. That uh, it wouldn't that we would get back to wanting to get together again. I think that yeah. we're communal beings. Yeah. I think we want to be in community, and I think the technology that we all figured out how to use during the pandemic has been a great gift to us—a a way of connecting in additional ways. Not not, uh, it's not an either or. It's a both and. Yeah. You know? That's true. Uh, I was uh, traveling uh, a little over a year ago. I was out in in, um, in, in Portland. I think it was Portland. Yeah, and, and we were at a church service and I was standing in the, in the entrance of the church with the presiding bishop and I noticed that the person who was carrying the processional cross there was something on the staff of the processional cross I looked and there was an iPhone that was velcroed oh
0: to the gosh. processional
1: cross and that iPhone was linked to the videographer who was in the room and so you had this image that they could feed into the thing of people processing that. So cool. yeah exactly it's cool <laughs> and so that's an example of how we can uh, connect with people who are technologically native, I mean, you've right. grown up, you've never known a time in your life where you've not had that phone, right? right? Uh, me, you know,
0: I can, remember, <laughs> I
1: can remember other times when I didn't have a phone. But but so we can still do, we can do all the traditional things we've done in church, coming together to sing and to process and mm-hmm. to, to wear the, the the fancy clothes and stuff, but then use the technology to, to connect people where they are now with that long-standing tradition of the church and expand that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about the future of the, uh, of how we're going to work all this together.
0: That's, that's interesting because I talked to my um, chaplain, I did a podcast with her before she left and she definitely touched on the upsides of technology, but she also touched on like how, you know, especially my generation tends to only communicate through the screen mm-hmm. and how like to put the phone down. So would you agree with that? Or would you say that like, there's no negative effects to having a oh. phone with you?
1: I think what I what I fear about the technology is the, is when it does take us away from being in community with each other right. and, and you know finding ways to set uh, boundaries and pr- parameters best parameters best practices around mm-hmm. these sorts of things uh, and, and I think that you learning that as a student and my senses here at the school they help you learn to set those, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. set those, those <laughs> boundaries uh, but that will help you in all manner of other things in life mm-hmm. you know you, you're you develop a muscle memory around these things and and what's important. And and so that when you are away from here and you're engaging, you're interacting with with people, you know that, you know, it's not good to be sitting there at the dinner table, just both everybody on their phone not talking. That's
0: one of my favorite parts about St. Margaret's is that like none of us have our phone during the day. And Mm -hmm. prior to coming here, I was at a school where you were allowed to have your phone. And I just remember like, you sitting, were allowed to yeah. go to school yeah. and um i just remember like sitting in the library like it was like a social library and um like everybody was on their phone and just sitting on their mm-hmm. phone just staring at at their phone instead yeah. sort of staring at each other right. um so that's been really fun to experience here because i feel like we were able to talk to each other more mm-hmm. and like you know, my sister and i when we're like out in public we feel like it's illegal to take our phone out because <laughs> like miss dickinson's gonna take it away from us <laughs> or <laughs> something right. like that um so what would you say is the most challenging part of your job
1: uh, the most challenging part of my time. Uh, there's just never enough time to do everything I wanna do.
0: Oh, that's a good answer. I <laughs> you know,
1: try, trying, to, trying to triage, trying to make the decisions between uh, multiple different things, but I know I, I've got three things I wanna do and I can really barely have time to do one.
0: Yeah, that, that, I feel like I have that with homework sometimes. There's uh, <laughs> not enough time to get it all done. That's right, <laughs> I
1: know. Well, it, and just like you know, the teacher expects the assignment to be turned in, when I show up on Sunday mornings, I have to have my sermon done. Right. You know, there's no extension. I can't say I'll be back tomorrow. Yeah.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, what method do you use when you're trying to like either advocate for something or express your opinion on something, and you just need people to listen to you? Like, what would you say is your main method that you use? Mm.
1: Well, I, I think that one of the most effective methods uh, to get somebody to understand is, uh, and I don't always, I can always use it. But I think one of the most effective methods is to let people actually experience things for themselves. Right. Uh, it's, uh, we were talking earlier, I was talking with some students about how important it is that you all are mixing with folks from different cultures and different countries. Mm-hmm. And so that when you see or hear or, or learn about difficulties around the world, you have a, there's a connection there. You've know, right. spoken with people who have gone through these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And so you know, for me, in my job, if I'm just trying to convince somebody and I'm just lecturing at them. That that's only going to get me so far, but if I can help them experience and actually see and touch it, feel it, roll around with it for a while, yeah, it becomes easier.
0: And do you have like an ideal, an idealized version of what a perfect Episcopal school looks like for you? Uh,
1: This one right here, (laughs) exactly, right?
0: (laughs) Um, So, what what is your hope for the future of the Episcopal Church?
1: Uh, well, I'm uh, very excited about the Episcopal the church. I, I see growth and vitality in a lot of uh, interesting ways and in new new places. Uh, you know, the, things go through cycles, mm-hmm. and there are some places that that are struggling, and I know that. But I also, you know, like the place I told you about with the iPhone on the processional cross, yeah. they're packing people in. And and I was at there was a there was a, there was a worshiping community up around uh, the in Northern Virginia. That they're actually worshiping in a, in a park in Washington, D.C., which is outside of my diocese, but it's congregations from within the Diocese of Virginia. It's called mm-hmm. Wilderness Church. And twice a, twice a month, they go and they have a church service outside in this park and they, they, they hike through this park and they stop at various places and do parts of the church service. And I was there a few weeks ago and there were, I don't know, 75 people there. And They just had one this past Sunday and I saw online that they had 85 people there at this. And so I think people are finding ways to worship God in ways that, are, that, are, that connect to the past the way we've always done it. I and mean, the liturgy is, yeah. is the kind of stuff we do, but it's also new and exciting. And so I think the Episcopal Church has a bright future.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, What is your main goal that you hope my generation takes away?
1: Uh, uh, I think that I, hmm. (laughs) What I hope is that you, when you are my age, that you're as excited about passing things on to the next generation as I'm excited about the generation I'm handing things off to with you.
0: Oh, I like that. And I have one final question. Okay. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to a common St. Margaret's girl?
1: Mm. Enjoy this time as fully as you can. Mm. This is a really blessed time in your all's life. Uh, it will go uh, more quickly than you think it will, and I'm sure there are times you think, "Oh my lord, will this day never end?" <laughs> but this time will will fly by. So enjoy every moment of it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so I have, much. I have one question for you. Oh.
1: Yes. Uh, So I understand that yesterday was your birthday. What did you do for your birthday? It
0: was. um, I went up to Utica, New York, because my sister goes to Hamilton College up Mm -hmm. there, and I really missed her. So I asked my parents if we could go out for my birthday, and we did, and it was really
1: fun. Well, good. Happy birthday to you. Thank (laughs)
0: you. Did Whitney tell you
1: that? uh, Actually, Whitney did not tell me. Whitney did not tell me. Somebody else told me. me. I'm the Bishop of Virginia. I know everything. That's true. That's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. On the river today, the sun will rise at 6.27 a.m. and set at 7.47 p.m. It will be a waning crescent moon with only 1% illumination. Low tide will be at 8.40 a.m. and high tide at 2.02. O tide returns at 8.42 p.m. It will be sunny today with a high near 74 degrees. Moons will be light from 1 to 6 miles per hour from the southwest. Remember, you're listening to the nation's only independent school newsfeed from the banks of the Rappahannock River here from the campus of St. Margaret's School in Tappahannock, Virginia. I'm Kendall Quinn, and this was your Daily Thistle. An age may we grow in grace.